Today we will be talking about uh, the power of a blessing. Uh, I'm looking through scripture and um, what a powerful thing it is to see some of the patriarchs of faith and the blessing that they leave behind. Please understand that I'm mindful as, as this, we're speaking this word today of many different categories of life, people that are sitting in different positions today in light of fatherhood, um, good dads, bad dads, dads that have passed away, uh, dads that are no longer present, dads that are there, dads that are wanting to be dads. There's a lot of different situations that, that sit before us today as we talk about the, the power of a blessing. Uh, but I think about through scripture and all of the men that spoke a blessing over their children and how Jesus would even command this in the New Testament and it would go beyond father and children and it would even just be speaking a blessing over people's house that we walk into. And so I wonder, what are you leaving behind? The power of a blessing. There was a TV show that I remember watching a few years ago. Uh, my man, Dr. Phil. I don't know if you guys are ever Dr. Phil fans, but someone who does counseling, I really like Dr. Phil. Uh, and I like a lot of things that he said. And they were working with this guy and he was struggling with uh, being present with his kids. In fact, all of it was about the uh, household and what it looks like in their home. And this father had three kids. And, uh, and the problem in this household was that dad um, was never around. Dad was always working, dad was always working, dad was always working, and it said that oftentimes he struggles to find 10 minutes a week to spend with his three kids, and uh, they were asking him, dad, what, what's going on? And he said, well, I, 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 I believe that it's my job to leave behind something for my kids that I never had. And so his drive in life was to earn so that he can give them something. But I'm reminded uh, of an elderly lady in our church that spoke over me years ago that said, what children need is not presence, S-E-N-T-S, but presence, S-E-N-C-E. They need somebody around. And uh, they want somebody there, someone they can look to. And uh, I, I, as I'm thinking about this message today, I'm going to th- talk about some of the good things that can come of a father and some of the rough things that can come of a father. But uh, one thing I've learned doing counseling and traveling is kids are massively resilient. I mean, they can overcome a lot of obstacles. I remember traveling down to Nicaragua, and uh, we've been there five, six times to the dump, the city dump, where hundreds and they say thousands of families live. And uh, this is in the dump where trucks are coming in, unloading things, and we'd go to feed these, these families and these children, and the kids are playing, laughing, tagging, cutting up, and having so much fun, almost as if they thought that they were at Common Ground Playground. What I want you to know is that they don't need stuff. They need us. They need, they, they need people. They need real people in their life that will touch the inside of who they are. That's what I believe kids are after. We're going to pray about this message, about presence and what we're leaving behind. Dear Jesus, I'm so thankful for this time. You know how much this means to me. Help. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thinking about the blessing that Jacob had when he spoke over his 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Judah. And it's funny that the words that he spoke stuck with each of those 12 sons for thousands of years. The ones that he blessed were blessed, and the ones that he cursed were cursed for thousands of years. It's crazy, the power of a blessing. And I wonder, what does that look like in our life? As I turn to scripture, Proverbs 18, 21 would say this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The book of James would tell us that, that, that with, with, the, with our tongue, we bless God and curse men. And that our whole life is directed by the power of our tongue. That it influences in a massive, critical way. Today, I'm talking about the power of a, a spoken blessing. And I wonder what things have been spoken in and around your life recently. Uh, as I'm preparing this message, I want you to know that I sit with um, many uh, people in do counseling, and, uh, and I have the ability of talking a lot with couples, but oftentimes with, with just individuals. And as I'm going through a lot of the questions that I ask stereotypically, what I've found is that um, moms are somehow always untouchable when it comes to people's perspective of their family household. I don't know why. Uh, moms are, are, are fantastic, and I think of my mom, and she's heroic, and I think of uh, uh, my wife, and she's heroic, and, and then I realize the responsibility then that falls on me. Nine out of ten people that I sit with, and I ask them about their childhood wounds, would go back to their dads. I hate this, and I hate this for the dudes that are here but today as we uh, do this message, it might, some things that you might hear today may be for a father currently, but a lot of it and most of it will be for sons and daughters. And so if you're a dad, maybe there's some things you want to jot down and take note of, but I think today I'm taking on the mantle uh, as the father of this house and uh, a leader in your life and someone that represents Christ. I am not Christ. I just am a representation of his authority. And I recognize that people in authority have a massive ability to bless and curse in your life. And so today I want to speak on behalf of a father over a generation that is often fatherless and speak a blessing into your life where there might have been a curse. Does that make sense? Power of a blessing. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. It, it causes me to think uh, of how many fathers would say, it's okay, the things that I've said and done, they'll, they're, they're tough, they'll get through this. And I want you to know, people, humans, you will get through this. We all do. We pretend like the words that were spoken over our life didn't matter and it was okay and it was just oh, whatever and you compartmentalize it and move forward. But it does hurt. Blessing and curses wound and they create a deficiency in our life that is hard to operate through. Let me press on here. So as we talk, fathers, I'm asking you to forgive yourselves 
and forgive your fathers so you don't put undue pressure on your children. Ask yourselves, do they need to do this for me in order for me to love them? What kind of expectations do I have on my kids? Let me start over here. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 17. I am not writing you this to you, these things to put shame on you, our apostle Paul said, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached to you the good news, and I urge you to imitate me. And uh, this is the Apostle Paul uh, letting you know that regardless of your childhood, there comes a time when you become born again and you take on now spiritual fathers and you recognize that Christ is the father of us all. We are now all sons and daughters of God Most High. And while this is important, why this is important is because some of you have the coolest and the greatest dad in the whole world. He still can't live up to our Father in heaven. And Jesus walked his whole life teaching who our Father is. I don't know how much you know this, but Jesus only referred to God as Father in his ministry on earth, constantly trying to teach us who our Father is. Because many of us can live our life thinking that there is a lack that our father can do or that I can do because of the father that I had. And he's trying to say, you've been adopted. And your father, in his house, there are many mansions. And, uh, and a father knows how to give good gifts. He, he, what, what, what son would ask for a, a, a loaf of bread and wouldn't be given a rock? He, he wants you to know that your father is a good father. And he is a disciplinary. And he is kind and he is gracious. He wants you to know the love that comes from the Father. And so today, as we're talking this down, uh, I believe it's my responsibility to be a father that represents to you some truth where there may have been some falsehood spoken over you. So I've put together four things that I had to really focus on. I, I looked up about 20, I wrote down about 20, I found about 10. And I had to settle on about four things that I felt like was important as a father for us to pass down to the next generation. Some of you I recognize in this room are older than me. <laughs> it's kind of weird, uh, but I recognize that as a leader, I get to be uh, uh, a symbol and a voice of the Father in heaven in your life today. I was thinking about things that may have been spoken over you, things that may have been spoken like, I'm too busy. I want you to know that's not the voice of the Father in heaven. And it's a terrible thing to hear for us to recognize in our own life. That the Father is not available for you. Now, he doesn't have time. And so what that means is that what we do with those kinds of thoughts and those kinds of logics is, is now we, uh, we, we move forward in our life, trying to do it on our own and out of our own wisdom and out of our own understanding. But I want you to know that the Father... He's always available to you. And as we move with this message, what I recognize is, is that words have been spoken in our life. And the hard thing is, sometimes we cling to the wrong ones. Your parents may have loved you with every fiber in their being, but sometimes our hearts gravitated to the wrong words that were said at the wrong time.
And so today we want to speak a blessing where there was a curse. Is that fair? Here's the first point that I want you to know today. Do you know how much you mean to me? I say this as an earthly father, and I believe on behalf of the heavenly father. And I think that this is great coaching for every dad to make sure that your kids know how much they mean to you. I think that this is critical. Why? Well, every father would say, of course they know how much I love them. Do they? How often was it said? How often was it communicated? Because oftentimes, as we went through life, there were words like, I'm too busy, that were said. And it can replace a theology in their mind that you're not available and they don't understand how much you mean to them. They don't understand how much you do for them. See, they don't understand the sacrifice and the pressure that you put on yourself. And so learning to communicate to anyone, whether you're a mom or just a friend today to someone else, learning to communicate to other people how much they mean to you is a massive blessing in a culture that doesn't communicate love. It's a blessing to be loved. And the scripture would say this as clearly as it can. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have an everlasting life. This is the biggest Bible verse in all of the Bible. And what I love about it is he defines, this is how I love you. It's important for dads to explain to their kids how they've loved. Because I've learned there are different ways to love, you know? There's this book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It's pretty cool. And it explains that people actually are looking for love in different ways. And it's difficult if you don't communicate how you are trying to love someone. I want you to know that your parents do love you. It's engraved inside every one of us. Now, sometimes the wrong things came out. As a dad, I want you to know that I've said some wrong things at the wrong time. But we want to make sure that our kids and our people that attend our church know how much you mean to us. For God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So on behalf of the staff, I want you to know one of the things that I love about every one of you. Is it possible that you can love everyone in the room? There are strangers here. I, I absolutely do. It's weird, the affection that can come uh, uh, from a place of ministry. But the amount of inspiration that can, can come to someone from looking at the different personalities in the body of Christ and the way that you love God inspires me. Had lunch with a new believer this week. The amount of inspiration that I got walking out of that conversation was just mind-blowing. You inspire me. And I want you to know, as a father figure in your life, don't stop. You mean the world to us. We can't, this church can't grow 
without you and your love for God and the way that you serve the Lord. I just want you to know how much you mean to me and to Christ. He gave his only son so that you'd be here present today. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Second thing, I think you need to know four fathers that are here present, four sons and daughters that are all here present today. There's another one here. Uh, that's the, not the one. Yeah, we're going to do these ones. Yeah, we're going to put that on the floor. Okay, here we go. Here's something we don't want you to know. Where there might have been a curse, where there should be a blessing, you can't do that. You, you, can't, you can't do that. You, you're not good enough to do that. Here, here's another one that I think was said. What is wrong with you? I, I, as a father, I unintentionally say that sometimes. And so what's difficult is if, you're, if, if the kid hangs on to the wrong word at the wrong time, it can stick in their life and a curse remain where you want it, them to hear the blessing. There's, as, a, as a child of God that I am, I want you to know that I'm not a good singer. Some of you guys know this about me. I don't know if you know. Yeah, it's, it's true. But what I want you to understand is that I can sing. And, and my father actually loves my singing, unfortunately, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but more than other people's. Because mine comes out of a, a, just an extreme desire. It's, it comes out of a lack. It, it comes out of an inability. It comes out of just pure hope. And, and if I tried to sing better, I probably could. But I want you to know there are some things that were spoken over you that you can't do. And that's not biblical. In fact, every father wants their kids to know. My second point, you can do anything. You can do anything. I love when baby Jesus was born and Mary held her in, his, in her arms, held him in his, her arms, and, and she pondered the things in her heart of the things that he would do. Doesn't every parent think that? I want you to know as a parent, when you look at your kids, you know that they can do anything. But out of reflex, sometimes words could have been spoken that said you can't. But it's not biblical, and it doesn't come from the Father in heaven. In fact, I take that off of you today, and I speak a blessing where there was a curse. And here's what you need to know the scripture says. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All things, everything, anything you want to do and accomplish in your life, you can do it. It may take you much longer to accomplish it. And it may be not necessary, but you can do anything that you set your mind to. So much so, this is what Jesus would say. I tell you the truth, that if you have faith and you don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. There's nothing you can't do. Uh, he, would, he would say, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. I want you to heal the sick and raise the dead and cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give freely as you have received. He said, don't take money with you in your bag, belt, your money belts, or gold or silver or even copper coins. I don't even want you to carry a traveler's bag with you or a change of clothes or sandals or a walking stick. What I love what Jesus is doing is he's trying to take all the giftings and stuff away from you to show you that you can still do it even without anything. Without resources, you could still do it. 
You can go to school. You can get that job. You can have that girl or that dude. You can have, like, I want you to understand there's nothing that you can't have. As long as it doesn't have you. Let me keep going. I tell you the truth that anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. I love that. Jesus is talking about the Father and he wants you to know that because he's going to be with his dad, you're going to do greater things than him. And that's the objective of every good father. And that's why Jesus is trying to shift the attention of to who the father really is. Because every dad wants you to be greater than them. That's the hope. You can do anything. We still with me? I think that this is a powerful thing. I want to speak a blessing where there might have been a curse. The third thing I want you to understand today is this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 7.14 says, If my people who would call by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear them from heaven and I'll, I'll heal their land. Maybe a word that um, you were always uh, told when you were a kid is that you always do that. You always do that. Well, one thing that I hope fathers say more in their household, one thing that I hope that pastors say more to their churches one thing that I hope that sons and daughters learn to say to their kids and their friends is I'm sorry. We had a staff meeting this last week here as a staff, and one of the things that God led me to pray over our church and over our leaders was all the things that I had done wrong as a pastor. The moments where I wasn't emotionally charged enough. The moments where I was in fear and afraid to lead. The moments where I was wrong and really thought I was right and stood on it and I was wrong. You know, I hope that fathers say I'm sorry more. Why? Because one of the key things that we want to have modeled in the house of God and in our homes is repentance. We want people to know when they've stepped out of line and done wrong. We want people to be able to take ownership of that. And sometimes as a father, we can really put the, put the pressure on a kid to know that they're done wrong, but if they don't see it modeled first, maybe we're good at being right, but seldomly good at being wrong. And that's what I love that Jesus modeled for us. He came from the Father and he became, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of Christ. What he put on himself was our problems so that we can see what's modeled is repentance and humility so that we can become right. And when they see in us someone who can say they're sorry, then they'll be good at it. What we don't want is a generation that walks around without fathers that doesn't ever know how to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. Would y'all bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a second? I have another point, but before I move on, I feel right now led to just ask you. Maybe you're here right now, and um, you know that there's wrong in your life. I want you to know that the Father is a God of love. He's not mad at you, but one of the most attractive things that he can do in your life is when you say, Dad, I was wrong. 
Whenever there's an apology, there's this beautiful makeup that can take place where relationship can be restored. Today, there's some things that you've done out of order and you want to just put it behind you. Let's do that together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here and you say, Pastor Tim, I have some things that I need to get right. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you, I see your hand. God bless you, I see your hand. Man, that's awesome. So powerful. God bless you. Man, Holy Spirit's here. God bless you. Lord, I'm sorry. Please understand. Can you look at me for a second? Repentance is still very necessary, not just in the house of God, but in your home. Because when you said wrong or you did wrong, your kids are resilient and they will be okay, but it doesn't mean that it won't hurt. So learning how to take the blame is crucial to being a follower of Christ. Did I say that well? Father, I ask that you would forgive all of us. I ask that you would teach us to be like you. I ask that you would wash us in the blood of Jesus and make us righteous where we were not. Teach me how to love like you. Give me the humility that you walk in. Give me the righteousness that only you have. I I need to be different, God. I want to be different. I'm called to be different. And I'm asking that you would give me the Holy Spirit so that I can be different. In Jesus' name, amen. I have one last point today, and we're gonna end. And the last point is, is I bless you. I know this is kind of weird. You're like, yeah, I thought that that was the first point. Uh, one of the things that I've heard spoken over a lot, a lot of fathers that sometimes on accident I could speak over my kids is you have bad taste. Uh, bad taste in music, bad taste in video games, bad taste in whatever that's going on. And it oftentimes is preference, right? But what you need to understand about how, impersonal, how impressionable a child is is they love that. And that's their creativity and the way that something that brings them to life. And when you say it's not good, you lose trust. One of the things that's so wonderful about a blessing is it speaks to their taste. It speaks to the direction that they're going to walk in for the rest of their life and lets them know that you're good with the things they're good with. And so Jesus would tell us that if you go into a new city, when people welcome you in their house, I want you to, to leave a blessing behind over that home. He says if, if you find people that don't welcome you into their house, then shake the dust off your feet and move on. There will be people in your life that you're going to have to move on from that aren't good for you. But I want you to learn how to give a blessing. There was a pastor uh, from Brownsville from years ago. He had a re- big revival there, like, I don't know, like 100 years ago. His name was uh, 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 John Kirkpatrick. And I got the chance to meet with him. And one of the things that he had said uh, in, in private l- conversations with me and some of the other students that I was involved with at the school is um, he was telling us about what he believed brought revival into his house and into his church was he learned to speak a blessing over his church and over his family. He said he believed that the, that the, the, the revival started in his home. 
as he walked through every room in his house and he spoke a blessing over his kitchen. This room is designed for laughter. This room is designed for unity. There will be no discord in this room. And he went to another room in the house and he said, this room is designed for intimacy. And this room is designed for, for you will be a room of cleansing. You will be a room of, of, of laughter and memories and photos. And he began to go through his house. And he, when he went to the church, he began to speak in different rooms of the church in the design and what this room was. And he spoke a blessing over it. This is something that we see as God spoke a blessing over the animals, spoke a blessing. And he said it was good. And he spoke a blessing over Adam and Eve. And he said it is good. And he spoke, God would, and then he would, he, Abraham would speak a blessing o- over Isaac. Isaac would speak a blessing over Jacob. Jacob would speak a blessing over his 12 sons and, 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 and the, the, all of them would, would come to pass. We would see David speak a blessing over Solomon. We would see in the New Testament, like again and again and again, the words that are spoken become a blessing and a curse. And we have the ability to curse some, we have the ability to bless some. So here's what Jesus said. Behold, I give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That whatever you bind on this earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you bind, or whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on this earth. What is a blessing? I, I believe in the most simplest practical terms, like, like there are better definitions than the Tim Broughton version. But I, I believe it's, it's the green light to go forward in goodness. It's the keys. Think about it. When your dad, when you're 16, handed you the keys and said, here you go, it was the green light, man. Like, I'm good to go, dad, you know? And like, I, I, he, he trusts me, you know? Or like, I can, I can park the car, you know? And I just like, one of the things, I know it's kind of silly and, and probably not legal, but uh, I, I'm trying to teach my son at the age of, when he was nine how to, how to, how to park a car. Because I wanted him to know I trust you. Hey, here's the keys. And the Father has given over you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. If you're right with the Lord today, you have his blessing. You can do anything. You are beautiful. You are the workmanship of Christ. And today, I just want you to know how much the Father loves you. He's blessed you with his Holy Spirit. I want you to walk in the goodness and the confidence of Christ because anything short of that is worthy of being rebuked. That's a curse, and it's not what Christ has put on you. He, when, the, when, the, when the prodigal son came home, say, I look in the scripture, and I think of, of the blessings that were spoken, like Esther was, was almost offered up to a third of the kingdom of heaven. But when Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, he said that he was willing to offer in his son a, up to half the kingdom. And then I see Jesus actually telling a story of him giving us the keys to the kingdom, the front door, the back door, every door. You know, these are the keys, man. It's yours. It's all yours. It's, have at it. And when the prodigal son comes home, the father puts that robe over him and says, you're perfect, man. You're all mine. Today, I don't know what happened when you were young, but the beautiful thing about being born again is that the kingdom starts now in your life. Amen. And the father sees great things in you, actually unlimited potential. And if you don't believe that, I rebuke that thought in your head because there's nothing that you can't do. If Jesus says that you can raise the dead, then dear Lord, please understand, he believes in you. 
It's not just that you can ride your bike or you can get a job or you can keep a job or you can actually have a girlfriend or you can, like, there's so much more that the Father thinks of us than oftentimes we think of ourselves. So here's how I close. I try not, I didn't want to, like, do, like, a song or, like, work it up emotionally today. I just wanted you to know that you're beautiful and that you're perfect. And as a dad, I look at my kids and I think, man, their hands and toes are like awesome. And their laughter is so cool. Even though they're not always the coolest kid, you know. It's like their beauty hypnotizes me. The scripture says, you've ravaged my heart, my sister, my bride, with one glance from your eye. Every time you look at him, he's moved. Probably all of us have some kind of hurt from our childhood. What I love is that when I came to Christ, not only did I have a new dad in heaven, but I had spiritual dads here in the church. Many of you are taking on new responsibilities of being bigger than just your world. Welcome to the kingdom. Today, I bless you as your pastor. I bless you to know that you're loved and that you're cherished. That you are more than good enough. That you're beautiful. That you are gifted. That you're blessed. That you have more than enough. And that the Father's proud of you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. I don't know where you are in your relationship with your dad, but the scripture says that we could still give honor. Today, I'd encourage you to reach out. Tell them that you love them. And bless them for the things that they did that you didn't see. God's doing some cool things here. And uh, this is one of my favorite services of the year. I don't know if what happened today that you heard um, is the same thing that I'm hearing. Because I know that oftentimes as words are spoken, you're going to pick ones that I didn't even mean to say. And uh, it's kind of a weird thing, and that's the way the words go. But today we want to leave behind a blessing and not a curse. I love you guys. See you soon. Wednesday night. Deeper. Deeper.